Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming to the Intuitive Art Show. I'm here today with Mark Porteous, and he is going to help us really get into the topic of building a business that is in alignment with your purpose in a very authentic way. A lot of us can get really excited about the prospect of building a business and living our purpose, but sometimes we can get sideswept by all the shoulds and the old ways of doing things and just, it's kind of a madhouse out there. So I'm really excited to talk to him about staying true to yourself and staying centered and grounded, but still building a business that helps people, that transforms lives and He's a really great example of that and just so down to earth. I'm so glad to share him with you. We did a drawing today. He did one too. We're going to get to that in just a second. But mine is about what is my why? Why am I in business? Why am I doing this? Um, we are going to talk about, you know, living our purpose, but why, right? How can we make it a little bit more um, easy to grasp in our day-to-day -day lives. Because when we wake up in the morning, sometimes uh, we can have that thought, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Why do I need to go to my desk right now? So um, with my certified intuitive artists, we have a monthly meeting, and this was the theme for last month. So here's the drawing. This is my big why of why I'm in business. And it was, I, I couldn't have said it better myself if I tried. And this drawing talks about um, spiritual evolution because of all the purples. Um, it talks about universal love and feeling that. It also has my creativity color and um, shades of my wealth color and my ease color. So creating spiritual evolution, wealth, and ease. Basically, that sums it up why I'm doing this. And because it's coming from my higher self, I can, I can kind of grasp that it's not about ego. The wealth part's not about ego. The love, the creativity, it's not about just getting out there. This is my true core. So it's pretty nice. So, Mark, before we talk about that, um, and before I really introduce you further, do you want to share your drawing with us? Yeah, I would love to. Um, cool. And before I do, I, I, I was just holding back my, my laughter as you were uh, kind of going into the theme about being grounded and how that's such a big challenge because that's what the intention I had when, when starting this picture. And um, we didn't really go through it as far as I didn't tell you what my intention was before you, you announced that, but my intention was how do I stay grounded in this storm of things that are happening, um, not just in my business, but in my, my personal life is, is deeply affecting my, my business and uh, trying to create that balance and, and getting clarity and direction. So um, let's see if this is the top and it goes down to there. So I, I don't know if you can see it all the way back there, but that's the yep. whole picture. And as you were talking about the colors, um, for me, yellow is a, a power color coming, I guess, from the, the yellow chakra. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something where in me, a lot of times I didn't believe in myself. And it, I've done a lot of work into to being able to, to stand in my own power. Um, the, the gray maybe represent it, cloudiness. Um, it's a lack of clarity for me, I guess. It just kind of 
reminds me of fog. Um, and then you were talking about the purple being spirituality. You know, we think about the top chakra, the seventh chakra, uh, and blue being the color of communication. And I'm not sure quite what the, the pyramid is, but it, it reminds me of being grounded uh, and, and the blue uh, about being connected to the groundedness. But all of the things being connected, even though they're, they're showing individually that they're all connected to each other, um, and I guess this is kind of like a, a, a north star, a true north, um, and, and being able to know what your purpose is and standing in your power is the guide and the foundation to keep your, your true north and help you keep grounded in all of the storms of life. Mm, yeah, amazing. Um, and that was only the second time I've done your, your <laughs> exercise. The first one was in the training. So uh, it, it's very fun for me how easy and intuitive it actually is mm -hmm. yeah so we've already talked about so much it's kind of hard to uh, take a step back at the moment and not just go in with questions right away <laughs> but i'd love for people to kind of understand where you're coming from and and what you're offering these days so can you tell us about your book and about the inspired messenger um series and all about that absolutely um the, the book is such a, a big piece of the, the kind of the turning point, uh, but it was a long turning point. I, I was 21 when I first read the quote that we're not human beings having spiritual experiences, we're spiritual beings having human experiences. And it was the first time I'd ever heard that. It was the first time I'd ever even been in a metaphysical bookstore. Uh, and I just all of a sudden felt safe in a home. Like a lot of the things I've been talking about and writing about all of a sudden made sense. And so I, I knew that I wanted to get this out in the world. The first thing I did was told my father, who had written three books, and his advice was, don't expect to make money writing books. <laughs> and um, he, he, what he meant was, you, know, you have to have a company behind it. You have to be able to get your message out in a deeper way. I didn't realize that then at the time. So I actually built uh, a company to support my passion. And um, over five, it was called Unique Ventures. We sold souvenirs at amusement parks, somebody that I knew. Um, had been selling hair wraps at Disney and made a million dollars in two years. And I said, if he can do that, I can do it. And started at um, resorts and stuff here in Orlando. But soon I had about 100 employees around the country at different amusement parks, most of them teenagers. Uh, and I had spent five years building this business to support my passion and done nothing with my book and my writing and, and you know, what I really saw as a big part of my purpose. So I sold that company and, and went to work uh, in sales figuring I could make more money in less time and have time for myself to write. And a couple of years I had the book done and then I could focus on my purpose. Ten years later went by <laughs> and my twins were born and that was when I realized that if those ten years went by that fast, the next ten would go by even faster. I knew if I didn't do something different, I would be teaching them the same deferred lifestyle of putting off your passion and your purpose for the comforts of security and, and doing all the things you're, you think you're supposed to do and should be doing. And um, so it, it, it took uh, another year before I made the leap, but uh, in the process, um, I, I learned a lot and I prepared. And then, um, so about four years ago, I, I left the corporate world where I'd been in sales and, um, and marketing and went into I published my book uh, one year after they were born, and uh, my wife said, okay, now what? And 
um, your why, my why was definitely the, the kids. Um, and then the what was unsure at the time. She was the one who suggested coaching, that it would be a good support for the book. Um, I really wasn't familiar with coaching that much at the time and thought it was kind of like an alternative to therapy for rich housewives. <laughs> um, so we, we did some research. We found that the average life coach makes like $20,000 a year. And I said, okay, well, that's not going to work. And uh, my wife said, well, why do you think you would be average? You've always been a, a top sales rep because of being in service, even teaching something you weren't passionate about. Here's what you're passionate about. Why don't you think you'd be one of the top? And we looked at what you know, the people that are really making a huge wave in the transformation industry are doing and said, yeah, that's, that's great. So uh, I started off coaching, uh, coaching heart sh- uh, heartfelt, heart-centered businesses um, to, to be able to figure out what their passion is. And it's still a big part of what I, uh, I was doing. But um, I realized that my divine purpose is being a connector and bringing people together, building community. Um, so that's how the Inspired Messengers Network was born um, just over a year and a half ago. And uh, we have wonderful people on there who are uh, learning and awakening to their message as well as mentors uh, and guides who help both on the personal level as well as the, the business aspect of it and, and service providers as well to, to help with all the different aspects of building a business that's really based on your purpose. Very cool. A little summary. <laughs> yeah, a little summary. Um, can you kind of describe what what you were feeling when you were in those jobs that weren't your purpose? Like, you know, you probably were making great money or, you know, you were comfortable in your lifestyle. You had free time probably, you know, because you weren't doing that thing on the side. What was unfulfilling about that? What was like the nagging voice or what made that not okay for you to continue doing? That is such a wonderful question and, and posed so well. Because, um, yes, it was very comfortable, to use that word. And then I, I wasn't expecting it to be so comfortable when I got there. Um, and that's why it was 10 years later before I woke up and realized I'd been sitting on this nice comfy couch Um and the whole time I was there, there was a kind of a, a growing hole in my soul. I knew that I, I was meant to do something more, um, and I didn't know what it was, why it wasn't happening. In fact, that was a big part of me being able to finish my book, was that I realized I wasn't really being congruent with what I was writing. And so I actually created my first program that's now Max Your Life Personal Empowerment Program to help myself. Um, be one of my most important values, which was uh, congruent and uh, aligned. And um, that really kind of accelerated everything. It was about really discovering who I was. Um, So what I realized was that no matter how successful I I could possibly be in a business that wasn't, that that was outside of my purpose, um, Nothing could fill that hole. No, no trips. We were on trips all, all around the world and did different things. And yeah, we had more money and definitely more time. Uh, but the time got filled up with, with social activities, not meaningful work. And uh, as I kept growing, I just kept feeling this, this growing hole where um, I knew that I just I, I couldn't go on. Um, but the, the problem was I just had twins, uh, the one-year-old twins, 
and I felt this responsibility to, to take care of them. Um, but I also felt like I was, I knew that they were brilliant beacons of light in the world and I wasn't doing my job as a, as a role model for them. Mm-hmm. That hurt. I think that's a really good point to bring up because a lot of people I feel they feel like it would be irresponsible to leave something comfortable, especially if they have kids. Um, and you saw the advantage of giving them a role model who is in something that they're passionate about, spreading good throughout the world. So congratulations on that. That must have been um, hard steps to take. You know, I'm sure there were conflicting emotions there. They still come up as you talk about it. Yeah. It's, it's still terrifying uh, not having uh, one of the best health insurance. You know, it was, we had really, really good insurance, and now we have to pay for our own. And uh, there's so many issues around that for entrepreneurs. Um, but yeah, having that security and the, the financial security and weighing that against the spiritual security. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for talking about that because I really like pointing out that you know, regardless of how you're perceived to be, you know, successful or wealthy in the world, it's all about here. Because if you're not really fulfilled and wealthy in your heart and, you know, in your spiritual life, if that's important to you, um, nothing's really going to fill that hole except doing what you're feeling called to do. So I love that. And of course, you can be wealthy and a spiritual entrepreneur or heart-centered entrepreneur too. There's nothing saying that that's not possible. And thank you for sharing that because that is one of the biggest challenges that I've seen with my clients is is a a conflict feeling like you can either be wealthy or you can be spiritual. You can't be both. My father was a minister until I was six. And I've seen a lot of people uh, where there's limiting beliefs around, yeah, spirituality and money. And I believe money is energy and we're entitled to have as much of it as we need. And there's an infinite source. It's not scarcity at all uh, so being able to embrace that and share that that was great thank you yeah and not only that you know it's funny how money has affected me differently in business and as i've gone down the path more and more i find um that my lifestyle my desired lifestyle keeps getting more refined and i actually need less money or things will come to me for free, like crazy big things you'd never think about. Um, And so when I started making a lot of money in my business, it was totally new. I'd never really had a lot of money, um, except for when I lived with my parents when I was younger. Um, And so that was a new experience. But then I discovered I really don't need a lot of money, and I'd rather work less or go away more, or things would come to me for free. And, And so it's been a very interesting journey to kind of look at money in a very different way. Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, all about perspective. Yeah. And you're right. When you, when you have that healthy perspective, a good relationship with money, it's interesting the way that it it flows in uh, much differently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very cool. So let's talk about some limiting beliefs because and my why, it's funny, I, I was posting this in a Facebook group earlier, and I forgot to mention that it included wealth. And I was like, that's interesting. I wonder why. And one of my limiting beliefs had been 
the idea of financial success and how that really works being a spiritual person or heart-centered entrepreneur, the idea of having more than you need. That's really where mine comes in. I've always had what I need, even if it's extravagant for the moment. Um, but having more has always been a struggle for me and kind of allowing that and having that be okay and not kind of make me discordant in my heart. I'm sure you've probably seen that come up in a lot of your clients. What do you think that's about and how do you deal with limiting beliefs with your clients? Well, um, the, the first part of it is being able to identify it. And um, a lot of times people, including myself, have a hard time seeing it from our own perspective. You know, we were just talking about just having that, that shift in perspective. So um, being able to kind of uh, help them to see it from an outside perspective really can bring up a lot. Uh, I was just at a, a, a wonderful five-day intensive for a training program that I'm in, and it's really about helping spiritual messengers get out in a much bigger way. And they had a two-part thing on sales, and the, the first two days was all about sales. And I've, I've done tens of thousands of dollars with the sales training through my company, you know, the, the por- previous co- corporation that was paying for all of that. But this was very different because it was about transformational selling. And they were talking right at the beginning about in the 1950s when Listerine was the first one to come out with fear-based selling about the fear of germs. And they realized they had three times the, the return on investment that they had when they did Joy and Rainbows. And it's been like that ever since. So um, being able to change your perspective. So they actually sent us out on the streets and said, go out and raise $50 um, and, and come back. And there are all different ways of, of, of doing that. Uh, for me, I actually did surveys where I asked people what their opinion was worth and if they would pay me a dollar to share their opinion. And um, I, I raised $15, which was like the second highest total. Only one person hit the 50. Um, most of them got none. My partner got 75 cents. And it brings up all the issues that we have about asking people for money. And when I was asking total strangers what their value was worth, and I only went small instead of asking big. I was like, I could have said, your opinion's worth $50. Would you give me that? And maybe one person would have thought that. Um, so, again, it was kind of thinking small and appealing to them. Um, it was also asking a stranger, I don't care what their opinion is. And I think that's what a lot of people feel. Like either, well, first of all, they don't appreciate their own value, but they're also um, concerned about what other people will think about them. And they're projecting their own beliefs about money onto someone else. Mm-hmm. So being able to shift them and, and look at how they, they view themselves by doing an exercise like that or um, re- really helping people to uh, w- see where they find their, their value. Uh, and it's usually in the things that people are telling them where their, their value is supposed to be and not just the real natural gifts. Uh, being able to be a, a present, you know, I can, I can feel your connection, you're, you're, you're with me. And when you just do that naturally, you don't have to like turn that on that might be something that you don't realize how well you do. And that's often the case with my clients where they don't understand that. And their, their divinity to, to their connection to the, the divine, to the fact that they are divine beings, that each of us is a divine being, we forget that. And when we can remember that, it, it makes us, um, our relationship to, to money and to receiving in general, uh, it, that relationship changes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I like what you say about how people undervalue their gifts, especially the innate ones. I definitely see that all the time. Um, it's funny too, because we do, we, we kind of push the ease away because we think it has to be hard. And um, as, you know, as we learn to embrace our natural gifts and really leverage that, it does get a lot easier. You have a lot more time, um, but it can bring up other things. So you help people become more visible, right? Inspired messengers, like you're helping these people who have something to say, um, to say it. I deal with a lot of people who have a fear of being seen and they're afraid of speaking up. They're afraid of having an opinion. What can you tell us about that? And any, any remarks that you have about that issue? Absolutely. And it came uh, very powerfully and intuitively the words of, uh, of one of my mentors and, and partners and colleagues, another m member of the Inspired Messengers Network, one of our guides. Um, his name is Edward Mannix, and he calls that the persecution imprint. Mm -hmm. Where um, whether or not you believe in past lives or you just uh, know what happens uh, in, uh, in the Australia and I think the Netherlands, they, they call it the tall poppy syndrome. If you yes. stick up too much, you'll get your head cut off. And um, literally, uh, throughout history, those who have stuck their neck out have had their head removed. And there, there is this cellular memory. Um, and if not more than that, this memory of uh, this could happen. And so, and it's very common, even in our own lifetime, when something happens, uh, you remember that experience and you, you replay that again and again. So even if you've ever stood, put your hand up in class and been ridiculed, you know, you, you'll remember that. And so after a while, you're trained not to stick your hand up and not to, not to be seen. And I think especially... Uh, those of us who are really here to be of service, um, it's this crazy paradox where we want to help people, we just don't want them to see us. And that makes it really challenging to do our work when, we, when we're uh, still living in that, that paradox of feeling like if we are seen, we'll be taken out. Yeah. So do you have any advice for people that may be experiencing that? I do. Um, and with that, one of the things is you mentioned just before that question was about life, about it having to be hard. And that's another one of those limiting beliefs that, that we form um, from our parents working real hard and not being in our lives because they had to go out and make money and it, it's hard. And so that's, again, one of those experiences that you have that you hold on to. But with the persecution imprint, um, it, it's so important for inspired messengers to, to really be able to practice this because we're so good at having compassion for other people that if you can really turn that compassion inward um, and be able to understand that what happened or, or whatever experience it was that, that made you feel this way isn't your fault and that you're still a, a good and powerful divine being um, and then also having compassion for whatever the experience was that, that, that brought you there. Um, everything does happen for a reason, the, the good and the extremely bad. And uh, sometimes it's really hard, especially when we're not clear about the, the bad and why it happened. And we can just feel like there's nothing good in it. 
Um, if we can forgive all that, we can show compassion for the experience, for the people that were involved. Uh, but most of all, if you can really have compassion for yourself um, and that whatever feelings you're having, whether that was hate or anger, um, you're not bad because you had feelings that were very powerfully negative or even the fears. And a lot of, I, I get guilty sometimes for having fear, you know, and we, it's all something that we all have. So showing yourself compassion, I think is the, the best thing that you can do to overcome that. Yes. And before you were talking about projecting, I think we project a lot as well. Like I remember in the beginning of my, me making videos, um, you know, they weren't all that great. They were kind of rambly, but it was my style and I knew I'd get better over time. But I remember editing and I would, um, I was allergic to my cat at the time and my nose would always be really, really red. And I, I don't normally wear makeup or a lot of makeup. And so it would just look red on the, the camera. And I would so not want to post those videos. I was like, no one's going to watch this video. My nose is too red. So they're not going to want to see it. Um, but those ended up being, you know, like the best videos or the most watched videos. Nobody cared. Nobody probably even realized, you know, it was all in my head. So definitely more compassion toward ourselves because we are going to react so much more than probably 99.9% .9 of the other people, you know, we're going to make things up about ourselves that aren't true and no one else is going to care. So really great advice there. Yeah. So authenticity in a heart centered business. Why is it so hard? I mean, is there an easy answer to that or is it about the journey? Is it about kind of bumping up against what we're not and kind of fumbling around? Because there's a lot of fumbling in business, right? I mean, <laughs> we kind of constantly have to be clued into how we're feeling so that we can stay on our authentic course. Um, yeah, <laughs> take it away. <laughs> you started off by talking about um, is it the the journey itself? And you know, I really believe that that's a big part of it, that we get so tied up in the destination and focused on that, that, that we miss a lot of experiences. I, I just was telling you about this live event, this intensive that I was at. One of the other things we did was a scavenger hunt. And we were in Washington, D.C., going to these seven different clues, uh, went to all the big monuments and everything. And uh, it was meant to be fun and also competitive. They had really great prizes. But we were really, it was all about being a team and it was about a community building skill. Uh, but I was in such a hurry scouting out and getting ahead and, and, and helping my team that I didn't really, I wasn't present for the experience. I wasn't, I was at the, the Washington Monument, I was in front of the, the White House, no selfies, no, no pictures of anything you know, to, to share, it was just so focused. So I think um, being present uh, is really, an important part of that, but also that authenticity, like you said, it's a, it's a process. And I think it's really a process of self-discovery. Um, and those bumping up against the, the resistance helps us to discover who we are. Um, it, we are so inundated with what we think we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to do. Uh, a lot of times we can't tell what's the programming from what's the real us. And so really, if you can anchor into your values 
uh, and, and peel back the layers of what doesn't fit you anymore and realize that we are evolving beings. So although we are the same at the core, there's been so many layers put on top of that, that it's this lifelong process of peeling it all back and, and just being comfortable with where we are, wherever we are in that process, that that's exactly where we need to be. Yeah, I really, I love that you're talking about, it's not about the destination, about how we're also evolving. You know, I kind of, the, the more, the as the years go by in business, and I see a lot of people with um, dreams of a million or, you know, the island retreat that they own and some amazing foreign place. I love that. And I totally honor people with that motivation. But the more I look inward, the less it is about the destination or the money or like what, what all that will be able to finance. And it's more so about getting really quiet and figuring out what will make me happy in this moment. Like what is my truest desire in this moment? Even if it's just to have a cup of herbal tea and like sit on my balcony, you know, um, and that doesn't mean that my business doesn't make money. It doesn't mean that I'm giving up like broadcasting and creating and, and seeing clients. Um, but it's changing for me. You know, the, my evolution is making me look at my business and my goals differently. And I wonder if a lot of other people are seeing that too. Have you come across that or do you feel like that? Absolutely. I feel like that all the time. And um, again, yeah, there, we, we can put this guilt on ourselves of we should be doing this or we should be doing that and enjoying that cup of tea. I could be making a sales call or I could be um, following up on any, whatever it is. But if you're, there's always something else that you could be doing. And if you're always doing all of those things and you're not taking the moment to just to smell the tea, whatever it is, if you're not really in the moment, uh, you spend your whole life like that. And, uh, and you wake up 10 years later and, and realize, oh my goodness, um, I don't want to keep putting off everything. I don't want to keep thinking about what's next. Uh, you know, I have a client who's a high-performance uh, coach uh, and, and a, a high-performance trainer for uh, talent. And she's had amazing success. And every time she's gotten great roles or great clients, it's always she's thought herself, you know, part of high achievement is, okay, I've got that. And then what's next? And she really got to look back on her life and say, Oh my God, I had these amazing experiences. I was two years with the Rockettes. I was, I had all these just amazing things. And I, it's a shame that I have to look back and appreciate it. And I couldn't have really, really been appreciating it the whole time. Um, it, 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 like you said, it, it totally shifts what success means to you. And you're right. You don't, it doesn't mean that you can't be very financially successful and whatever that means for you, um, but also be very, very present. In fact, you know, Richard Brandon is a great example of that. And, um, there's a lot of other people who are great success role models uh, who, who practice mindfulness. And I think that's really a, a key tool to help us stay present and to, to, to live more on purpose. 
Yeah, um, I just watched a couple of weeks ago the Tony Robbins documentary that's on Netflix now. I've seen uh, yeah, I'm not your guru. And he talks about the difference between achievement and fulfillment. And fulfillment really being what we're all after. That's what's going to really satisfy us. Um, and achievement, again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's no. awesome, if you know, but achievement just for achievement's sake isn't going to fill you up. But what a great way to sum up everything we've shared tonight. That's perfect. <laughs> exactly. yeah, right yep. And um, there's all kinds of structure that, that I've learned um, about purpose and authenticity. You know, um, I, I worked with the True Purpose Institute, and they have like four aspects of purpose, your essence, your core values. Uh, we've talked a little bit about values and um, blessing. Like we were talking about before, that, that unique gifts that you have that you don't even realize. Um, and, and what is your message? What is your self-expression, basically? Um, and then your mission, your, your soul's goal. Those are the, the kind of the four aspects that they talk about. And then there's uh, Eckhart Tolle, who just talks about two simple aspects, your being and your doing. Uh, and your, your being is usually achieved through some form of or an ongoing form of personal development. And your, your doing is really how you show up of service in the world. And as long as you're being who you really are and you take inspired action based on, on what you want to be, then doesn't matter what you're doing you're achieving your purpose. Mm -hmm. I love that. I really love that way of looking at purpose is it's not a job title. It's who you are and what you're inspired to do. I definitely um, talk about that in my own work as well. Cause I think it's important, right? We don't want to um, attach something so fundamental to us to like one way of doing things or one way of being in the world. Um, how can people, work with you because you mentioned something really interesting before we hit record and that you needed help yourself finding out what your passion was and what to create as your purposeful business. Right. And mm -hmm. is that program still running. Do you still have that? It is. So, um, I have a, uh, an assessment tool. It's the discover life mapping your purpose sweet spot. And it's really about uh, identifying the, the areas in your life that you're passionate about, uh, what you know, and a lot of times what you know. This, we, we have a way of helping you remember really what, what some of those gifts are. Um, and then being able to see how that serves a need in the world. You know, we're talking about the, the purpose of doing. Um, and then there's an, another important component of that of what's valued. So um, what people will pay for what service that they can provide. So we, we have a, an assessment tool that people can go through and just the process alone of, of answering these questions helps you to kind of see uh, a, a way for you to be fully expressed through living your purpose and, and to be able to, to make a, a business out of it to be successful as an entrepreneur. And then um, as, as a bonus for anybody that's listening to your show, if they download it for free, they can also set up a 30-minute discovery call with me to kind of go over that and, and actually have a personalized life map. Perfect. You know, it's funny. I was um, just at my hairdresser's the other day, and he's a great guy. He's really amazing. He's their head of education. And he was telling me how he wishes he could travel and hike around like I do and um, get to see more of the country and the world. 
And I told him like, there's always a way, you know, there's definitely skills you have, especially since you are an educator, you could make videos, you could, you know, create something or change your profession and do something else that would be fulfilling. And I think this would be perfect for him because it would open his eyes to the fact that there is something that he could do that could be monetized. So I'll definitely send this to him and everybody I'll do it. You know, we, we should always be trying to find out what we're about and, and see in new ways um, what we could be doing. Cause I think, we're never going to see the whole picture of who we are because we are it, right? Or it's kind of hard to see yourself. So any kind of assessment or tool that can help will be really eye-opening, I think. It is. And uh, one of the key things I love that you, you brought up your friend because uh, a lot of times we think about the, the things that we're getting paid to do. But in many cases, the lessons that we've learned in different jobs weren't really the job titles. Like um, if you're in HR, you know, you're, you're supposed to be good at uh, organization and structure and training, but it's really, it's your, your personal skills. It's your communication skills. That's what, what makes you good at, at your job. And so being able to identify the, the things that you like about your experiences, because that's also really important um, to do something that you get paid well for and you don't like it means that you're spending a, a huge portion of your life doing something you don't like to have a little bit of time doing what you do like. So yeah, if you can uh, find things within those jobs, it doesn't necessarily have to be, if he's a photographer, um, it, it may be the interaction with people or the, the planning. There's so many different pieces of that. So yeah, this exercise kind of brings out some of the things you, you may miss yourself. Awesome. Is there anything that you want to wrap up with? Anything that we didn't cover that you feel is important? I know this, I mean, it's a huge topic. We could probably talk about it for a week, but anything that comes to mind? Um, well, I, I think just what, what comes back is right at the beginning, we're talking about being divine beings and, and value. And um, when you devalue yourself, you take away from what you can offer to other people. Um, it really is of the highest interest to take care of yourself, just like putting the oxygen mask on yourself first in the airplane. You do that because it puts you in a better situation to help others. And we're so often thinking about putting everybody else first that we forget to take care of ourselves. And um, you can evaluate if that means taking care of yourself physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, or bottling everything up. And being honest with yourself about how you treat yourself uh, and know that if you, know, you believe that you're a divine being or you think that anybody else is, there's nobody else that deserves that more than, than giving that to yourself so that you have more to give and you can be more of who you really are. Mm -hmm. Oh, that brings something up too. And I just want to mention that it's funny, both of us, um, Mark and I are having some family health issues go on behind the scenes and it definitely affects our business because, you know, we're only one person and we can't be in two places at one time. Um, even if things are all automated and everything. And part of my self care is that I'm not just giving up everything to go and help, right? I'm still running things. I have more help or I'm more automated, but I'm still preserving myself. Um, so that I can deliver to my clients and be there for myself and in my purpose. 
And Mark, I'm sure the same is true for you. It is. Um, and it, it, that's uh, an extra, an interesting extra point to, to bring up. Uh, and it goes back to kind of this, this picture. And it, it's probably why that picture came up in the first place is uh, how do I ground in the middle of, of, of all this storm? Um, and understanding your the importance of your mission and your message. Uh, if you again can't love yourself enough, then you can at least love and respect that you're here for something really big and to to say, okay, I'm going to put all of that off to, to take care of somebody else. We definitely, I mean, it, the people that I love the most right now are the ones that are hurting the most and I want to be there for them and I can be there for them and still be on mission and still uh, take care of what, what I need to do. And, and when there's a will, there's a way. Uh, you can always find um, a way to be in alignment with your purpose and still be able to take care of all the people that you love. Absolutely. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot of, you know, stay-at-home moms out there who are starting their businesses and there can be pressure from other parts of the household to kind of not do that, not take away time from the family or, you know, there's so many situations that this can apply to, but I just wanted to mention that because there's so much guilt that we feel on a daily basis about carving our own path and, you know, really valuing ourselves. So um, keep at it, everybody. You've got so much to share and the world really does uh, appreciate and value what you have to offer even if in the beginning it can seem like crickets, <laughs> just takes a little bit of time uh, normally. And that, I like that you brought up the family, like um, in other especially single mothers. Um, when I started my business, when I left my corporate job, I still had no clients, I had no list, I had no platform. Um, but I had built up savings, built. I kind of had a strategy. It, I it's not a strategy I would recommend for most people, um, and especially for most of my clients, but. Uh, my children were two years old at the time. And so for the first three years of my business, I was at home, they were there and they knew I was at home. Even if I was in an office with the door closed, much of the time I was in the living room, they were in their bedroom. And, uh, so I wasn't present for them and that I did, I had a lot of guilt issues about that. And so I felt when I was doing my work, I was thinking about my kids and when I was playing with my kids, I was thinking about my work. Yeah, and it goes back to that that whole being present of whatever you're doing, just be there and do that. And so there are ways that you can kind of uh, create boundaries. But um, I don't. I used to believe in this balanced life. Like, okay, I've got this time. I just cut off, and now I'm family. And I, I know now that my 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 life and my business, my personal life, it, it's all blended together now. And I just uh, instead of creating balance, I, I'm looking for harmony. Mm. Beautifully said. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think this is a good place to end everybody. You can find your own sense of harmony in your business and your personal life and everything else. And um, definitely go take Mark's assessment. We'll have the link for you on uh, the blog post. It's, if it's an easy link, do you want to say it now too? Yeah. Um, the, the direct link is Mark Porteous. That's M-A-R-K-P-O-R. T-E-O-U-S dot com forward slash purpose. And that'll give you the download. But in order to get the, the free 30-minute session, just email me. Uh, let me know that you're 
uh, watching Rachel's show and saw me there. And then I'll, I'll send you a link to set up a, a free consultation. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. This has been a really enlightening conversation. And thank you for sharing your drawing too. And have an amazing day. Thank you. Thank you for being you and all that you're, you're doing. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching. If you're new to Intuitive Art and you've never done it with me, go to intuitiveartacademy.com for your free class. You'll learn how to have a conversation with your higher self in three easy steps. That's intuitiveartacademy.com. And if you're already a pro or you've done the free class and you want to learn more about creating abundance from your purpose, go to workyourpurpose.com and you'll watch a free video series all about what it takes to create a purposeful income from doing what you love. All right, enjoy and I will see you later. Bye-bye.